Might North Carolina land a second former ACC foe in the transfer portal? Notre Dame transfer Cormac Ryan could be the latest in the New York to Chapel Hill guard pipeline, just with a more roundabout way of getting there. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us today, especially those of you everydayers who are coming in every day. Man, it's just fun to keep doing this all year round. I love it. I hope you love it, and I want to thank you for being part of it. Coming up on the show today, Listen, the Harrison Ingram recruitment has now taken more twists and turns than a game of shoots and ladders. And Cormac Ryan ain't the only one. Another former Notre Damer who we talked about yesterday, Brady Dunlap, I've learned more about him. And I think you should too. But before we get to all that, let's do start with Cormac Ryan on today's show. This is a transfer portal guy that, that's been out there. I haven't talked about him because I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But News came out on Monday that Cormac Ryan would indeed be taking a visit to Chapel Hill starting today, Tuesday. Ryan, for those of you who don't know or don't remember, is a 6'5", 195-pound guard. He would probably play out on the wing for Carolina where they don't have anybody. Last year had 12.3 points a game for Notre Dame, four rebounds, two and a half assists, shot 40.9% from the field, 34.4% from three, and 82.7% from the free throw line. For his career, the numbers are in all those similar ranges, 10.1 points a game, 4.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 40% from the field, 35% from three, and an 80.5% per, 80 free throw shooter. You'll add an 80% free throw shooter to your lineup any day. Can you imagine that plus RJ Davis? Yeah, you will absolutely take it. So for Cormac Ryan, here's honestly part of the reason I didn't spend too much time on him. Because not only is he in the transfer portal to leave Notre Dame, he's in the NBA draft right now. Now, it's one of those situations where he has absolutely maintained his eligibility. He can come back, all of that good stuff. But it's like, sometimes you talk about these guys because you're interested in them and you think they would be a good fit. Sometimes you talk about them because there's a, a connection with Carolina. With Ryan, I just hadn't, you know? But I see it. I see it. He's got one year of eligibility left, started at Stanford. So more of the Jared Haas connection, which would be interesting if um, Harrison Ingram comes as well. They, they didn't play together at Stanford, but we're coached both by Jared Haas. So started at Stanford for one year and then has been at Notre Dame since. Was a captain there, played a lot. Um, yes, let's acknowledge last year kind of kicked at Puff Johnson in the head. In, in my years of watching ACC basketball, I haven't seen other things like that from him. He is a tough, hard-nosed hard competitor, and, and I expect him to play hard, to compete hard, to really want to win badly. I haven't seen other things like that. Like I, I saw some 
somewhere on social media on Monday night, someone calling him a, a Grayson Allen or, you know, that kind of thing. And I, and I understand, I, I get why you would um, default to that, but uh, that's not him. Um, so I like, I'm, I'm not concerned about that, but um, again, a, a strong player who who's going to go at and get you. He has had, you know, I know his scoring average was down uh, around 12 this past year at Notre Dame, 10 for his career, but has had some big time scoring moments, had 28 at Duke one year, 29 against Alabama in the NCAA tournament, not this year, but last year. And so has stepped up in big moments as a scoring guard and has um, made lots of threes. Um, and, and I know the career number is at 35 last year was at 34, but his junior year shot uh, 40%. The, 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 from three, the thing that really drags down his three point percentage is that first year at Stanford was, was pretty low. I believe it was around 31%, but since then he's been several percentage points higher. Um, some pros and cons of his game, and then I'll try to figure out how to how to think about this in terms of other like wings that Carolina is going after, or even um, power forwards. Some pros to his game: I, I've seen him post up smaller guards when they are on him, and I, I think that's something that Hubert Davis could utilize in some of the more pro style offense that he runs. Um, he is a great off ball mover and so if if Carolina can get back to sharing the basketball as they usually do as they didn't do well last year or as well as they typically do that could become a, a good weapon if he chooses to come to North Carolina he's a pretty good positional rebounder as as a 6-5 player um at as a wing I'd like to see him get up to 5 or 6 but averaged um this past year as I said for Rebounds a game for his career, 4.2. And so um, definitely can add something there in the rebounding game. As a con, uh, you wonder, does he have at 6'5", the requisite height for playing wing for Hubert Davis? I mean, you think about Leaky Black, who's been there the last several years at 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", has grown into that. Like, what what does Coach Davis want out of that position and is 6'5", tall enough for it? I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. Um, another con is that he's not an elite level athlete. He's obviously good enough to play at the high major D1 level, um, but he is not going to out-athlete you, if, if we can put it that way. Um, he won't be deficient athletically, but um, a con is that he's just an average athlete. So answering questions, it's hard to know if you'd want him right now, this instant. Because you're still waiting to hear on Harrison Ingram, who we're going to talk about more. As I said, the, that recruitment continues to be topsy-turvy. You're still waiting. Like, is there anything to the McKenzie and Baco conversation? Now, I know he would come in and probably play the four. And so, not positionally the same guys, but you don't you don't want to give out all your scholarships. And then Mbako's like, yeah, I would have come, but there was no space for me, right? Like, And I know there's still four to dole out right now. But you can't just give them out like candy either because guys would come and want them. Um, frankly, for me, I would want either or both of those guys, Ingram or Mbako, before Cormac Ryan. Nothing against Cormac Ryan. I certainly would take him, and I think he would be a solid addition for this roster. But I would want Ingram or Mbako before him again. Um, the problem with this waiting 
is that now, and again, as we'll talk about in a minute, Ingram's recruitment is going to draw out even longer than we thought. So the question for Hubert Davis and, and staff is, do you pursue Cormac Ryan as one of your wings? And if so, to what level? Those are the conversations they're going to be having as he's in Chapel Hill right now. Um, the good news, if you do pursue him and, and if you don't land another one of these wings, he is clearly an ACC level starter at the wing. And, and so could do that just perhaps not the elite wing starter that you are looking for. But here's the other side of the coin. We talk about waiting longer on Ingram. Keep in mind, as I said, Cormac Ryan is in the NBA draft right now. So you'd have to wait till he decides um, if he's going to come back or not. Now, let's also say this. Why is he taking visits if he's all in on the draft? For me, the draft is a testing thing for him and he's going to come back to college. That's that's just me giving you my opinion on it. But uh, I've been reading these tea leaves long enough to kind of get the moves, right? You know what I mean? And so I, I would say that that's what's going to happen. So we'll have to watch for it, hear what news comes out of this visit. So that's Cormac Ryan. As I said, the Harrison Ingram saga continues, and I'm going to fill you in more on how that's going and what is happening with it. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays, they are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back if your bet doesn't win. So go check out all the action happening right now. Who are you going to bet on on Tuesday night's action? Don't miss that chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Uh, friends, thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. You everydayers, come back. Make sure you're here tomorrow because Coach Pack Kilby, he will be with us, and we're going to be reviewing last season's front court, unless there's some kind of crazy news that hits between now and then. So I told you, Harrison Ingram, the twists and turns continue in his recruitment because for a while it was like, oh man, the Tar Heels are going to get him. And then it was like, oh no, Kansas is going to get him. And now there might be some more optimism, but a little bit of confusion as well. And I need to fill you in on that as well. Not confusion on my part, confusion out there that I want to try to help clear up. So here's the thing. Ingram right now was supposed to be in Lawrence, Kansas visiting. He had had some in-home visits over the weekend and then was going to go to Lawrence at the beginning of this week to visit Lawrence. Well, we learned on Monday that he was going to actually have to push back that visit to April 27th. So about 10 days away. Um, Nothing more than a class scheduling conflict just needed to be um, there for class and had, had to push back like these things happen. Now, sometimes when that happens, it's an indicator of something going on where he's going to de decommit or change his mind or be out on that school. Nothing of that sort right now. Literally just a class scheduling conflict. So hear that. Secondly, there is... Um, a whole thing that Kansas had a commit in the class of 2024 
and uh, his name is Marcus Adams. So here's the thing. All along, he's been talking about potentially reclassifying from 2024 to 2023. Had already been committed to Kansas, had already been talking about reclassifying, and in fact decided to reclassify about a month ago. The news came out on Monday that he had now officially signed with Kansas, right? It's one thing to verbally commit. It's another thing to put your name to paper. That's what happened on Monday. That is what was released. Now, some people, as they talked about that, whether intentionally or unintentionally, I'll leave that for you to determine. It sounded as though they were saying, today... He decided to reclassify, and because he is also a small forward, that has made Harrison Ingram push back his visit to Kansas, and those two things uh, are cause and effect. That is not true at all. Completely coincidental happenstance that those two things occurred on the same day. It, It has been the plan for a while now, for Evan, um, not Evans, forgive me, um, to sign for Adams, excuse me, not Evans, for Marcus Adams to sign on Monday with Kansas. And then it just so happened that on the same day, Harrison Ingram had to push back his uh, visit to Lawrence. So again, hear me. These two things are not cause and effect. It is two coincidental things from a player from the same position just so happened to be. It doesn't say that Kansas is out on Harrison Ingram. That doesn't mean that in any way. And in fact, they need wings just as badly as Carolina does. And so they would not be in any sort of bad shape to land. Oh, they already have landed um, Adams. And they would not be in any sort of bad shape to land Ingram as well. They could use the services of both of them, just like the, the Tar Heels, frankly, could. So just hear me say right now that those two things in this case, are mutually exclusive, the happenings. So let's get back to the North Carolina side of it. I just wanted to clear up that Kansas side of things. At the same time, Carolina had one of those in-home visits over the weekend on Sunday, and apparently things went really well. And Ingram, you know, heard a lot of the things he wanted to hear, learned about what he want, what Hubert Davis would want him to come in and do and, and how he would impact the team. So might that lead to a, an official visit to Chapel Hill? We know that Ingram has been there before, but would he want to come be part of an official? There there have been some rumblings and mumblings about that, and, and we know that with the pushback of the Kansas visit, that's going to extend his recruitment no matter what. So uh, David Sisk, uh, Coach David Sisk, who is involved with Tar Heels Illustrated, he also works with Kentucky's rival side as well, so he is not... Um, exclusive to Tar Heel Illustrated, but does a great job for those guys over there. Actually talked with Harrison Ingram on Monday. So let me update you with some of the stuff that he reported. Again, this is not original reporting for me, but I want to tell you what he said um, so that I can kind of share my thoughts on it all. Um, So David says, talked with Ingram, confirmed that Sunday's visit went well, and that he is indeed moving back that Kansas visit. So it was rumored, it's been confirmed that all of that that I've just told you is a real thing. Uh, Not only did he have an in-home visit with Carolina on Sunday, but also Texas A&M and Xavier. So those are real things. So when you talk about why is this Dallas kid looking like somebody, somebody I feel like I saw in a comment over the weekend was like, why on earth would he come to the East coast? If he's a Dallas kid, 
He's transferring from Stanford. He's been out on the West Coast his whole college career so far. Uh, why would he go to Xavier? That's Cincinnati. Well, he's been on the West Coast. Like, this kid doesn't mind going somewhere. But again, him him moving things back, the Carolina side of things, has nothing to do with the reclass with Marcus Adams. That's just happenstantial, circumstantial things. Um one of the biggest things that I learned from what he said that is Ingram to David Sisk is this, um, that he is keeping his recruitment tight lipped close to the vest, he and his family. So two things about that. Number one, it does happen, right? I think we, we think that every player leaks, every program leaks, not true. And I think there's a lot of health in that of like, you don't need to know every bit of my affair. If, if you want to tell me, I'd love to hear it because then I can share it. But if, if you want to keep your decision-making close so that you don't have everyone screaming in your, that's your prerogative, buddy. It's your prerogative, family. Do it. Knock yourself out. So uh, just keep that in mind. They're going to stay tight-lipped about this thing. He talked about, uh, Ingram did, what Coach Davis's pitch to him was. He said that he would come in and be an impact player right away, that he would help Carolina win at the highest level. And perhaps most importantly of that is that the goal specifically would be for him to come in and play small forward, play the wing, the three position. And so um, this is not looking, not, not saying that he wouldn't play any small ball four, but his main position would be essentially replacing Leaky. So just keep in mind that that's what we're looking at. And that makes a ton of sense. Because again, Carolina has none of those players on the roster right now. Um, so <laughs> that's the thing. What about time frame? When are we going to know? What, when are we going to know what Ingram wants to do? Well, Obviously, we won't know until after the Kansas visit on the 27th. Um, but Ingram said that he's not set one yet. He said whenever he's ready to make a decision, he'll make a decision. The direct quote was, could be tomorrow, two weeks, a month, whenever he's ready. And so um, it's got to be patience. That That's what we're looking at right here in terms of, hey, could we get Harrison Ingram? Maybe. We're going to have to continue to wait and see. And then ultimately, what is his deciding factor? He said to David Sisk that it was a trust and belief in the entire coaching staff. While some people talk about like, I just need to know that Hubert Davis has my back, or I just need to know that Sean Mays got me. He said, it's got to be the whole coaching staff coming around me um, and things together. So I, you know, he is looking for that family atmosphere and wants to be part of that. Keep in mind, if he so chooses, once again, Ingram has two years of eligibility. I am still, as I said in the uh, previous conversation about Cormac Ryan, all in. Let's get Harrison Ingram. I just think uh, there are things he can and will add uh, for Carolina that would be extremely, extremely beneficial. Well, on yesterday's show, we began by talking about Brady Dunlap, who Carolina had offered a scholarship to um, in the past week or so. And I was kind of confused trying to make sense of it, trying to, you know, all of us kind of in real time, is this an intentional move? Is it, hey, we're striking out, so we're offering late on this guy? But I learned more about him later in the day on Monday. And this offer makes more sense to me now. And I say now, let's go get him. I'll tell you why in just a second. 
After Monday's show, where we led off with Brady Dunlap, who as is, you know, you, you look at things for the recruiting cycle and it's like, okay, Carolina's all done in the 2023 class, at least high school players, right? All the attention is going to be on the transfer portal for these four remaining scholarships. But then kind of out of left field, there is another high school offer to Brady Dunlap, who's out of California. Well, after yesterday's show where we talked about it, got got some comments like, Hey, you might or might not be aware. He's actually a kid that spent some time growing up in North Carolina, um, actually has kind of this homemade by a buddy or something kind of uh, video about him, kind of a documentary ish type thing uh, with part one out right now with more to come and um, encouraged me to go watch it. So I did because I always want to learn more. I want to learn. uh, We I often talk about like the whole reason I do this is to help share the the knowledge of who these young men and women that we talk about actually are uh, beyond the court. Yes. I mean, they're great and phenomenal athletes or they wouldn't be at North Carolina or on North Carolina's radar in the case of recruiting, but we want to get to know them. Who are they? What are they all about? Cause those are the things that ultimately matter in life. Not, not a ball or a football or a hoop. I mean, we care about those things and we love them absolutely. Or we wouldn't be here having these conversations right now, but man, it's about the humanity of it. And So this video, it's about 27 minutes long. I watched it in time and a half speed, fast forwarded through some of it because I just wanted to learn about him. There's there's some gameplay on it and other stuff like that. Uh, Let me say, I think this is a neat thing he did to give us a look into his life, Brady Dunlap, at who he is, what he's all about, where he's coming from, why he would be a fit for wherever it is that he lands. So pretty cool stuff. And so I would encourage you to check it out. If you didn't hear our conversation about him yesterday, um, you can make sure to click on that and check it out. So here's some things learned from the video and why it impacted me in a positive way, thinking about Brady Dunlap and why now I'm like, Hey, if this kid is kind of who he portrays himself to be and, and the fighter that he is, and if he's willing to, to hang around and have to develop and work his way up, I'm in on him. So here's what we learned. Perhaps very importantly, yes, he lives in California, but his family moved out there from the North Carolina, the North Carolina area from North Carolina. And so uh, roots home in North Carolina. Um, interestingly, in, in this video, he talks quite a bit about um a lot of schools that were on him and, and showing interest, making offers. And we're talking like high level uh, blue blood schools. Like it, it wasn't. And like, I know he was committed to Notre Dame and that's um, how we even have a shot at him is because um, as we talked about yesterday, Mike Bray uh, steps away from Notre Dame and um, Dunlap backs out, you know, says, Hey, I'd, I'd like out of my letter, my NL." NLI got to be careful not to say NIL uh, with that my national letter of intent uh, because basically I I was here and I was all about Notre Dame but I was here for Mike Bray and if he's not here then I'm not here so that's why it's all reopened but as he's going through high school I mean he talked about Kansas and UCLA and all these schools that are showing interest in him and then through some of the summer opportunities where he's able to really showcase himself had a, a major ankle injury that kept him out, had tested positive for COVID one time that, that kept him out at peach jam. And so um, you could really feel 
<clears throat> the heaviness of the weight of what injury does to these young men. I've watched um, some documentaries before about AAU athletes, specifically basketball young men, and how much pressure there is to stay on the court in these summer tournaments, um, even injured, even if they're not going to be at their best, um, just to to show themselves to college coaches. Man, it, it's kind of brutal in some ways. But um, in this video, Dunlap talks about talks about testing positive for COVID before uh, this big Peach Jam game and having to watch from his hotel room on a phone as his buddies played these high-profile, high-level games with Kentucky coaches watching on, with Duke coaches watching on, with North Carolina coaches watching on. And he said, and quote, uh, as he's talking about this, says, I was born in North Carolina. North Carolina was a dream for me. Just to even have that opportunity would have been great because at the time of filming this he, he doesn't know that North Carolina is going to be a thing on the table but he's he's all in on the North Carolina side of things and so the fact that the Tar Heels are included in his final five there, there's some major possibility there and could be some help with building program versus team as we've talked about if he is indeed a guy that wants to come and be around and work hard and develop that that could be a big programmatic win. Um, you, you get massive publicity playing in in big like Peach Jam games like that. But unfortunately for Dunlap, he just misses out on that opportunity. Talked about losing offers and opportunities because of these random injuries. Um, there's another. There's this high level thing that goes on in California where he's uh, been out playing and. Um, still went out and played even though he had a high ankle sprain and didn't show his best. And so calls stopped coming or stopped being returned and things like that. Um, but, but as you watch this video of Dunlap, as you get a sense of who he is, this young man is a fighter. He works his butt off this, this year, his senior year, they won the, the California state open championship open to everyone knocking off some of the most high profile high schools and athletes and elite players that you've heard of. And they won it all. So this kid is a winner. He's a champion. There's a, there's a lot of game footage in it and it's like, he's out there doing it, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like dude's a winner. And I, I want winners on my team. You know, we talked earlier about Cormac Ryan being a multi-year captain at Notre Dame. I can, I can take that because uh, it's guys that know how to win, that desire to win, and that aren't going to settle for not winning. Um, so for me, I know he's a little bit lower ranked, but it seems like, very legitimately seems like, injuries played a huge role in, in lowering his rating. Uh, you think about Jalen Washington without injuries would have been ranked so much higher than he was. And so <clears throat> is there a world in which for Carolina, this could be a massive steal because some of his lower ranking is, is injury related, right? Um, you'd have to wait and see on that, but that's why the coaches are the evaluators and you and I are not, they get to make those determinations. Is this a guy that fits what we're trying to do at North Carolina? If so, I don't care what he's, where he's ranked. If he can do what we need him to do, he's a player that we can use. And so let's get him. Keeping in mind that even in this era where some guys might leave, you're, you're not going to play all 13 guys. So you, you don't want 13 like elite level scholarship players. Maybe Dunlap is that. Maybe he's not. That remains to be seen. But if he comes to North Carolina, 
you know, that's an opportunity where you, you've got a guy that you can, hopefully he can contribute, but at the very least could be there for a couple years and grow. <clears throat> so as, as for Dunlap, you know, I, I talked about, um, with Harrison Ingram talking about the whole coaching staff being a factor for Dunlap. He says to me, it's all about the head coach is a massive part of his decision-making process. And so what is his connection with Hubert Davis? Does he believe that Hubert Davis will be able to use him to the best of his strengths? If so, we might see him in Chapel Hill next year. We're going to have to wait and see. So obviously much more to come on Brady Dunlap. He's got to take all these official visits and then we will learn more. Friends, this this uh, landscape, man, it's changing every day. It's changing minute to minute, hour to hour. I'm going to keep updating you because I know you are interested in what's going on. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. Shoot the show an email, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Would love to have more in-depth conversation with you there. Do not forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave your comments on any of these guys. What do you think about Cormac Ryan and the Harrison Ingram saga? All of that. I want to know. Let me know. But for now, I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk again tomorrow, but until then, peace. Peace.